Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined us on this third Sunday of Advent. You know, many people think that Christ is Jesus' last name, like, hello, Mr. Christ. But it's actually not. Christ comes from Christos in Greek, which means the anointed one. And it is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Messiah. You know, in the Old Testament, three types of people were anointed with oil, priests, prophets, and kings. And Christ was anointed not with oil, but with the power of the Holy Spirit into all three roles. He was the priest who offered his own body upon the cross. He was the ultimate prophet in that he spoke on behalf of the Lord. And he is, of course, the king of the universe. And our first reading today tells us of Christ's mission statement, as it were. Why did he have to come as a man? What was his mission? What was his purpose? So Isaiah starts out by talking about the Messiah would bring glad tidings to the poor and to heal the brokenhearted. Now notice his mission is not to make the poor rich or to take away suffering. Rather, it's to give meaning and purpose in the midst of our suffering by freely embracing it for our salvation. You know, when you think about it, all of us have poverty in one way or another. All of us have crosses, struggles, brokenness. I've yet to meet a single human being who is perfectly put together and doesn't make any mistakes. Now, I know, you know, we fake it a lot and we show the world our happy face, but I think there really is a deep poverty inside all of us. And that is good because it's a place where the Lord can enter. He doesn't want to necessarily fill our poverty entirely except to fill it with himself. Because otherwise, you know, we would lose our need for him if we filled it with the good things of this world. And so instead of taking away our crosses and our sufferings, he actually brings glad tidings. He brings himself into that moment of suffering, pain, that emptiness, so that the world, so that our souls can be filled with him and that our suffering can have value as it is united to the cross. Back in the 80s and 90s, there was a rock and roll star by the name of Jim Carroll, whose band's first album in 1980 was called Catholic Boy. And right after its release, he was interviewed on the old Tom Snyder show, and they asked him, you know, why'd you name your first album Catholic Boy? You're clearly not like a Christian artist or anything. And he said, well, it's because I'm Catholic, obviously. And he went on to explain, you know, Catholicism is the only religion to truly deal with suffering. He talked about how he had to accompany his friend who was dying of leukemia, and he felt just totally helpless, much like Mary at the foot of the cross, had to helplessly watch her son broken and in pain. You know, Catholicism is not afraid of suffering and death. Rather, it redeems it and transforms it because it sees it as an opening for Christ to invade. And so when Christ came to bring glad tidings to the poor, he came to tell us that our poverty is precious and valuable because it sanctifies us and it's an invitation for Christ to come in. Isaiah then goes on to talk about how Christ came to proclaim liberty to captives and release to prisoners. Obviously, that doesn't mean literally to open jail doors, but rather to free those who are imprisoned by sin. Sin makes us slaves. In fact, Jesus says that himself. He says, you know, if your son, makes, son sets you free, you are free indeed. You know, think about those sins that you wish you could be free of, but you still find yourself trapped in. Maybe it's a quick temper, a sharp tongue, struggling with lust, or a cycle of unforgiveness. We are not free if we are a slave to sin. But it was precisely for this kind of freedom, the freedom, liberation from sin, that Christ came to win, win for us. Back in the 1940s, a young Frenchman by the name of Jacques Fetch was on a rather bad path. He got fired from successive jobs for laziness. He ended up abandoning his wife and his daughter and started to live a criminal lifestyle. At a certain point, he robbed a bank, and as he was getting chased by the police, shot and killed an officer. 
And when he was finally arrested, the judge ordered the death penalty for him because of such a heinous crime. Now, at first, the time that he was in prison leading up to that execution was just filled with such anger and vitriol. He hated God. He thought God must not exist if he would allow him to fall into such sin. And he hated everyone around him. And initially, he refused to allow the chaplain in to visit. But eventually, the chaplain was very persistent. And slowly, he began to become friends with Jacques. And the condemned man's lawyer, too, was a devout Catholic who prayed frequently for his client. Pretty soon, Jacques began to examine his life and consider just how deep those chains went on his soul. He experienced a gradual but a deep conversion, and he began to beg God for mercy. Now, towards the end of his life, as he began to read spiritual books and receive the sacraments, he often kept a spiritual journal, and in it he wrote, This is not a prison cell. This is a monastery. Because he spent all day in his cell praying and just offering his life to the Lord. He apologized to all those who his actions had hurt and was so prepared for his execution that he actually remarked to the chaplain, Just think, in a few short hours I'll be seeing Jesus. He's now actually a servant of God. He's on the path to canonization. And it took him his entire life, but he finally realized that true freedom wasn't doing whatever you want, but actually submitting your life to the sweet kingship of Christ. Four stone walls weren't limiting his freedom. Actually, he found freedom when the Lord Jesus removed the chains of sin on his soul. So if your soul is trapped in the bonds of sin, run to confession and experience the freedom of his mercy. Finally, Isaiah goes on to describe the mission of Christ as to proclaim a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication from our God. You know, the same word in Greek is both favor and grace. He comes to offer a day of grace, a year of grace from the Lord by opening the gates of heaven. Now, imagine Jesus Christ as a leather purse full of the most precious commodity in the world, which is grace. And he descended from heaven to distribute that precious commodity to men and women, but he couldn't open that until finally his heart was pierced by a lance upon the cross. That is when the the leather purse burst and all of a sudden grace flowed out. And now and everybody can immerse themselves in the endless sea of grace that continually pours out from the heart of Christ. I hope this isn't disrespectful, but it's almost like if you take the analogy of a piñata, right? When somebody finally breaks open the piñata, then everyone goes crazy in this feeding frenzy and just jumping in, grabbing as much candy as they can. Do you have that same kind of excitement and fervor to fill your souls with something far more valuable than candy? It's the, the gift of grace. And the sacraments, the word of God and daily prayer attach us to so many streams of grace that flow from the heart of Christ. And so even when Satan wants to accuse us of our sins, we show him the grace that we have received. And thus we are vindicated by our God, as Isaiah says. You know, past sins cannot condemn a man who has washed his soul clean in confession and fed his soul with the Eucharistic Lord. And that, my friends, is why this is called Gaudete Sunday, the Sunday of joy and rejoicing. Because all of our readings have that theme, rejoice, not because we're going to get presents in 10 days, not because of the family that's coming in from out of town. Rather, our joy must be supernatural, joy that comes from knowing that our lives are given worth and meaning, that our, that our inner emptiness has a fulfillment and it's in Christ, joy that our ancient bondage to sin has finally ended, and joy that the fountain of supernatural grace has been opened to us, all because Jesus Christ came to save us. 